Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am talking with Elyasaf Shweka, industrial designer at Makeway. Elyasaf, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I'm super excited because you are, you know, the top campaign right now on Kickstarter. You have made this amazing product where you can create these intricate courses and watch marbles move around in like a modular, you know, really cool like puzzle way, you know, with the magnetic bits and everything that you've created on it. And as a kid growing up, I used to make all these different types of things. So I'm excited to see this, you know, project that's now raised, you know, over $1.8 million. So I know that you've got a great backstory and our audience is going to be really excited to hear about some of the stuff that you had been doing and how you've pivoted and failed forward in a sense to to bring Makeway to, to market. So Please tell our audience, you know, where all this started and what inspired you to create Makeway. So actually, this is a funny story. It was around five years ago, I think, where Kickstarter was a bit different than nowadays in several senses. And I saw many projects running around and funding a lot of money, raising a lot of money, uh, all kind of different projects. Some are very good, some less. And I, I remember talking to my brother and saying, you know, I'm an industrial designer. I know, I know. I have some knowledge, professional knowledge about production, about all kinds of technologies. And why wouldn't, wouldn't I try you know, to do my thing on Kickstarter? And said, yeah, great idea. What's your idea? And I said, I said okay, give me a few minutes and, I, and I'll come back with a good idea that will fit Kickstarter platform. And then a minute after, I called him back and I said, I have a good, great idea. <laughs> let's make marble, marble one machine. And let's make it magnetic so it will be flexible that we can use any metallic surface like a metal door or a fridge as a canvas, which you can change all the time and you can play with it and you're not, you're not bonded to any kind of structure. You can do whatever you want because uh, you know, the sheet is wide and you can use it in any way you want. And he said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And this is like launched the, where I started working on it. And this was around five years ago. And uh, I guess here we are now. And the background for my interest in this would be, I guess, when I was six or seven years old, I used to play with my, with another brother of mine, uh, building with Lego, the m- most basic Lego bricks that we had. We didn't have any like, kind of fancy Lego sets, just the basic bricks. We used to build weird contraptions or, or, of marble machines that you put a marble at the top and then it rolls down and slides and then it gets into a, a closed box where you, you're not sure where it will come from through different options, adding manual levers and all kind of uh, other additional parts. 
And I was always fascinated about machines, I guess, from a very young age. And I guess it was natural for me to start working on this project, um, I guess. Well, you've built up an amazing following in terms of, you know, 22,000 subscribers on your woodworking YouTube channel. What, what got you started there in terms of building a community and sharing and showcasing the, the skills and talents that you've been cultivating over the years? So the woodworking was a, a very uh, important phase in my development as a designer, I guess, or as a maker or woodworker. I got a few years ago, I got fascinated with videos, YouTube videos that started popping of making end grain, uh, end grain, um, all kind of end grain uh, butcher blocks or cutting boards. And I was fascinated from the woods, the way it, it you know, the, the color of it, the way it takes shape, the natural feel, look and feel of wood. And I decided, well, I should start trying to do it myself and started, I bought some basic machines, but high quality ones, started working from my house, from my apartment, which is in a building. It's, it's not a smart idea. <laughs> if anyone think of, think of, of trying making a workshop inside of an apartment when you still have you know kids in the house and, and you have neighbors, it's all, it's not a good idea with all the dust, health issues, with, um, with all the noise, so I started working on that. Uh, I was focused on building machines, jigs, and other uh, con- con- other assemblies to make the workflow easier, to make to get higher precision from the machines that you have. And I was I was more interested actually in building machines than actually building a product, the final product, because I was more interested in the process, in the jig in the way to make it correct, the, the innovative, innovative process around it more than the actual product. And, and if you can see in my YouTube channel, one day I just started videotaping it and then uh, editing and, and people started subscribing, uh, hoping that one day I can find a way to get an income from it, a pro- profitable business maybe from woodworking or you know establishing a community. But... It was a, looking at it from these days, it was a huge failure from my side, but it led me to, I, I learned several lessons from that phase and, and went on for, for plastic and, and where I am right now with MakeWay. Yeah. So when you were creating MakeWay, talk a little bit about that, that process. I mean, how did you go about deciding, you know, what features to include in the designs? Because, you know, in the campaign itself, you have everything from connectors to tracks to tricks to marbles to lifts to all these different, you know, add-on devices. How did you guys go about deciding what features to include in the campaign? So the process of the designing is, is or, or the process or the whole process of the success of MakeWay so I see it now is teaming the the best partners at each each stage, and after working on it about four years on my spare time because I have all this talking and about working about woodworking, I do, did it all in my spare time because I have full time job as a as a in a contractor company. I didn't work daily. I didn't have daily work as an industrial designer. This was all like I considered it as my hobby. And at one stage, it was a hobby that got totally out of proportions in a sense, but it was always 
what I did when I came back home from work, working till the very, very um, late hours of the night, almost till the morning sometimes, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., uh, building machines and working and doing woodworking project, uh, project. And then working on Makeway on the, on, on, in that structure was really hard. At one stage, I understood that I can't finish it alone, and I uh, teamed up with a good friend of mine, Ruben Shahar is also an industrial designer. He was, he was a colleague for, he, we learned industrial design together about 15 years ago. And we share the same, the same excitement about the same things, I guess. Um, we are both, both um, feeling like still little kids in many senses of playing and, and games and stuff like that. And then we started working on it together and it's a good question, actually. How do you know that this part will work or what part you should invest your time in? Because it's, it's uh, actually to address that, I guess um, you, you need to come first with a lot of faith that, you know, you have an idea and you believe that it can work. There is no actual science for it that, that proves that you are right, but you need to invest the time and, and start working. For example, you want a catapult that marble will trigger it that it will shoot it to the other side. And you have no clue how to start even, or the, even the basic part, the pole that, you know, turns a, takes a marble from one spot to another. And you're starting just working and building prototypes on prototypes on prototypes. Like on many parts, we had hundreds of prototypes for each one, printing every, printing every idea that we had. And with a lot of, I guess, a, a trial and error going back and forth, uh, as you print your prototype, you understand what you did wrong and you already implement some kind of fixes and, and uh, changes in the design and then you print it all over again. And with uh, a lot of work and, and many, many try, try, trials and errors and, and learning from the process, trying to achieve something that will work. And then after it works, after you prove the concept, start designing that it will look like nice, that it will make sense that will be easy to inject with plastic and so on and so forth. Tell me about how the conversation began about understanding crowdfunding and how to use or why to use Kickstarter as a means to launch Makeway. Okay, so as I explained, Kickstarter was in my mind from the very first minute almost because I saw many people with without the... Like Kickstarter was, was aiming at people like me, you know, a maker that doesn't have the full understanding of mass production, but having the ability to, to, to deliver, uh, or at least believing that he's having the ability to deliver and trying to give him the first push, as the name states, Kickstarter, the first push to, to succeed. And, and I felt this is the right platform per stage, but then I had a very different understanding from what I have now. I thought, well, I have already my YouTube channel, which is doing quite well in my, you know, in my means, 20,000 20, uh, subscribers and, and like five, 4 million views. And I thought, well, I know video editing and I can, I think I can tell a story quite well. And uh, I can do a Kickstarter campaign myself. And then again, my brother stepped in and he said, this is not, not how things work. If you want to succeed in a large scale on Kickstarter, you need to go to the professionals. And uh, this is a, a, a lesson I'm learning every time, that you need to team up with the best people that you have around 
and each one will do the best he can in his own field. Like I, I'm an industrial designer, I'm a maker. I think I'm good at you know uh, uh, making uh, thinking of an idea and trying to implement it and, and to deliver it, it plastic wise and to show the concept and to but I don't have any experience in crowdfunding. So why not you know leave it to the professionals? And it took me some time, actually a very long time to understand that he's correct. And he offered, okay, there are two, several different companies. Try to contact one of them. And I contacted an Israeli company named uh, Trust Media, which are professionals in, in, in exactly that, in campaigns on Kickstarter and Indiegogo crowdfunding. That's what they do. And they are, in my opinion, they are probably one of the best, if not the best companies in that field. And luckily, they actually offered me their services, but I couldn't afford their, these services. It was too expensive. I, didn't, I came without any funding. And they said, we want a partnership. Let's, let's, let's partner together, and each one will do his best, and we'll share the, the profits. And I'm very happy to this uh, offer. I immediately took it, obviously. And we started a very long process of a few years, actually, of, of you know, making sure what is the real audience of this game, what is the potential, what should be the right pricing, what should be the look and feel of it. All this process, trying and checking again with the crowd, actually, if our assumptions are correct. And then starting with the actual uh, pre-campaign and uh, after that, going to the full campaign of Kickstarter, which is uh, closing in two weeks. So you mentioned that you've been working on the pre-campaign for this for, for over a year or two years. What what was some of that prep work that you did in leading up to the campaign? Because on launch day, you guys had over 600 backers and did over 70,000 in funding in just the first day. What were some of the things that you did on the marketing side, the testing, the content, you know, the pricing that, you know, led to such a successful launch? So. In general, as I said, this was mostly the work of trust media company, but, but I was involved, obviously, but I didn't manage it. I was focusing on, on the game. But in general, it, this kind of, uh, of product, in my opinion, and it seems like I was correct, is a product that it's easy, in a sense, to, to gather a crowd around you, sitting on the edge of the chair, waiting for it to launch, because there's a lot of excitement around it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's it's something different, something that many had in mind in some kind in, in some sense and, and was looking forward for it. So we started pre-campaign, started together. You know, we made up a, 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 a landing page, a basic one, just showing the idea. Some some courses that I made uh, in my house and, and showing the potential and asking people to subscribe and to hear from them. Do you like the project? started to A-B testing of the pricing to see the reactions. And the reactions were great from the very first minute. Luckily, well, we had our assumptions and our predictions, but uh, no one really knew if this would, uh, that this will succeed. No one can promise that. And, and uh, luckily and unfortunately, um, everything went better than planned, I guess, uh, for, for every stage. And the pre-campaign was a very important stage to be sure that, to reassure ourselves that our assumptions, that we can back it up with numbers and with real people that are interested, you know, to gathering emails. And then for the first uh, stage of the, the very first day of the campaign, we already had like enough people 
ready for it, aware to this product, uh, knowing that this is going to be launched soon. And uh, g- gathering this email list really helped us to make a strong launch, which helped all the process of the campaign. So how big was your community that you built in the pre-campaign stage? Like how many email addresses did you guys have uh, in your database? Um, if I remember correct, a few thousands, I guess. Um, yeah, around a few thousand. It was only, the, the pre-campaign wasn't so long and it was successful enough for us to, I guess in two or three weeks, we, had, we felt we were ready for the big launch on Kickstarter itself. Talk to our audience a little bit about the referral program that you've been using with Kickbooster. Has it been successful for you? The referral program we were using, um, actually, I'm using here mostly um, an app called BiggerClick. It's part of what uh, Trust Media is doing. They are giving uh, creators on Kickstarter a platform to manage many aspects of their campaign. So the referral program was made, uh, we launched it uh, a week ago, and it's based on also on BiggerCake, um, uh, also on BiggerCake platform, uh, hoping that if someone is excited from the, the game, he would l- want to offer it to his friends, family, you know, colleagues at work, and uh, giving him the option to get some kind of a reward for giving, for, you know, for introducing us to, to many people that he can. And this is basically, you know, a backer brings another backer and trying to expand the community. And we, we launched it a, a week ago, but it's showing some good results, I guess. Um, Excellent. In, in people bringing more, more awareness to the game. And it's a win-win situation. You enjoy the game, not enjoy, but you, you like the idea, you backed it yourself, you brought it to another one, you, you can be rewarded in some kind of uh, way in, in be, able, being able to buy more stuff or you know, to get more from the from, from Bakeway. So with over 12,000 backers on your campaign right now, currently, talk a little bit about your experience with the backers so far. How have you, you know, have you gotten much feedback? What have they been saying? How are you potentially utilizing some of their insights into future products or stretch goals, for instance? Okay, so, so there are several things to address here. First, first would be, this is obviously overwhelming. I've been in this process for about a month, more than a month. Since it started, um, I'm working 17, sometimes 18, no, maybe more hours uh, every day. And sleeping four hours or less every day. And uh, we've got an enormous, uh, um, how, how should I put that? We've got a lot of, a lot of uh, contacts. For example, just a few, few interesting stories. Apparently in Japan, there, which is a big, very big crowd, but uh, they don't speak English, there was, there's uh, some kind of a TV show from the 90s still running on the commercial, not the commercial, on the national TV educational TV, maybe, and it's called Pythagoras Switch, and it's all about Rube Goldberg machines and all kinds of contraptions that are meaningless, but, you know, doing cool stuff with balls and, like, many videos are, are around, and it's very, very popular in Japan. And, and the minute that Make We launched, I got, till now, like, more than 30 or 40 connections of people asking me to try to launch a crowdfunding in Japan or 
to be a distributor for this game because yeah. it's, saying it's already a big hit over there because it's touching a, a, a sensitive nerve in, in a good way, I mean, of something that reminds them this TV show in which, which is actually part of their, I don't know if identity, but part, very part crucial part of their lives there, I guess. And, and I'm still trying to, to grasp it, but the, 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 how should I put it? The reactions that we got was really overwhelming, especially from Japan, but not only, also from many people in Taiwan. I guess they have the same TV show, but overall, many um, distributors and a lot of people are excited. Many, many ideas that we got and uh, for... Uh, further research and development process and ideas for different tracks and different uh, options to implement it on. Many people asking about suction cups, maybe so we can use it on glass windows and glass walls and stuff like that. And to be honest, um, I feel in a sense that the best part of Makeway hasn't been invented yet. Because as we speak, For example, yesterday I came up with a new part that I had an idea. I went to the, you know, to the computer, designed something, something on SolidWorks and, and printed it and it works fine and it's ideas that we never had before. Or people are always challenging us with new ideas and it's hard, actually very hard to, to stop and to say, right now I need to focus on fulfillment of what I promised and, and to, you know, to hold for a second the... Uh, further developing of new products, I need to focus on what I have right now, and we already have a lot. But uh, in a sense, this is what excites me so much about this project, about Makeway in general, that, 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 that we founded a system, you know, a way to connect things and, and the way of thinking of marble vans on, on vertical surface. And from this is just a starting point, and we're just starting to, to understand or to grasp the potential in full. And, and uh, I guess this is the most what most exciting the most exciting thing about make one absolutely so what's uh what's your biggest takeaway or surprise from running the Kickstarter campaign so far well this would be on the well the first the first take the first take you're asking me what surprised me right what I didn't expect I guess right yeah um I guess I, I wasn't really aware of how much work I'll have around contacting the All the publicity that I got answering all the comments the messages the emails you know contacting me all, all social platforms with all kind of uh, um, a very one of the biggest uh, companies of, of uh, software in the world contact us with crazy ideas of, of collaboration a lot of exciting features I wasn't really ready ready for that but I guess you can never be ready for this kind of you know overwhelming uh, happening <laughs> around you and and uh, I only a week ago I started looking for someone to, to hire someone to help me with that obviously also um, this is something I should have done much earlier I guess it would save me a lot of a lot of time um, also understanding that um, this is a very professional process in a way and Um, that the way I thought about it five years ago, I just thought, you know, you, you launch your campaign, that's it. But then you need to understand advertisement in general. Like it, it takes some money to reach people. And, and the question is, how much margin do you have to play with that? 
I mean, obviously, right. you, you don't get. You need to have a very uh, complicated and, and uh, uh, thorough process to be sure you're not doing mistake. You need to be, you know the exact pricing, and you, you need to be sure not to make mistake in that mistakes in that, and you need to understand the different um, uh, scales because I was thinking on, on one scale, and now we're talking about a different scale. Of, 12,000 packs that I need to deliver. And this is the first stage. We haven't still actually offered it to sell for sale as a real, as a final product, not yet, because it's not ready yet. So this gave, gave me a different, total different understanding of where I'm standing at and on what scale we are talking about. And I didn't have that in mind when we first started our project. Yeah, I mean, what, what challenges do you foresee coming now that you've overfunded your campaign by so much? It's a good question because the the immediate thought or, or the immediate way of thinking would be the more the, the more backers you have, you are you're you have a better starting point. I mean, you have better crowd, you have a bigger. I need to you know I need to fulfill. I I, I now can negotiate better with all the suppliers. You know, with the fulfillment centers, with the shipping, with the, any production lines that I need, with the magnet suppliers. Everyone, I, I'm now standing at the better point. This is the obvious way to think of it, but I'm not sure that it's true because, you know, jumping up from one scale to another, there's price for that also, which is not immediately everything's cheaper now. Everything is, is, is in a bigger scale. There's more responsibility. And, and I can, uh, just for exa- example, I can give some example of the shipping. We assumed that the average pack would be X, uh, fortunately, people thought otherwise and, and bought in, in bigger scales that what we offered in the first stage. And we're sure. very happy about it. But the pricing of the shipping would be more because people bought more and, and the average pack was heavier. And the, the, what I assumed would be the average pack uh, and, and the way I, I calculated shipping was a bit, let's say, wasn't accurate enough and and. And this is this is part of the thing. You're selling more, and everyone, every seller is happy of selling more or offering more. But uh, we didn't thought the uh, truly, or we didn't have enough information at that stage to to price the shipping correctly by the price that I'm going to pay for it. And and this is, for example, just to simplify the project, we decided on flat flat rate worldwide, whatever ba- pack you have. We, we decided on a, on a flat fixed rate. And this is something that I need to subsidize right now more because I didn't grasp or I didn't have the, the tools to understand beforehand how much people would want it, I guess, or how big they want their packs. Yep. The again. Uh, definitely uh, some good problems to have, you know, with overfunding at $1.8 million. So congrats on the success. I'm excited to know also where, where does this head next what's next after this campaign actually right now it's 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 the most it's the hardest thing to do but this is what i we have this figure of speak uh, me and ruven my partner which is designing the game with me and, and doing all the managing right now and we say just let's keep our head straight not up in front of the computer and, and keep on working because it's so hard to stay focused with all the noise around. M- much of it, a lot of it is, is a good noise. I mean, it's overwhelming. It's, it's beautiful to see all the excitement of the, all the, all the encouraging comments we get, all the people that are, you know, saying that this time we wish 
they wish we had launched it like a few months ago. So they'll have it right now where everyone is staying at home with their kids, looking for desperately for what to do with it, with, with a family together and said this could be a great solution for that. But trying to focus and, 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 and uh, you know, we have already a lot of customers, 12,000, more than 12,000, we need to deliver. And before we are answering all the, you know, all the exciting opportunities are ahead of us, let's focus on delivering this project. Because many people are aware that Kickstarter, is, is, you know, there are great things about Kickstarter, but there's some kind of, um, uh, there's some kind of risk in it. And, and we're trying uh, to make sure that we'll do everything to fulfill on time before we start, you know, looking up and, and, and grasping some of the opportunities that are around us. And doing that in this, this time, with the, you know, the situation, obviously, with the coronavirus and all the things, it changed already, making it even a bigger challenge. But as I said, focusing on delivering is my first priority. And everything that, and there's a lot, but everything that needs to be done is only after we are sure that we are fulfilling correctly. That we feel we're obligated to the backers much more than we are obligated to the brand because the, the backers right now helped us reach this stage. And without that, nothing would have happened. So it only makes sense to be sure to fulfill your backers before you start talking about expanding the brand to educational and to, you know, museums and uh, different shops and all kind of hackathons around. We have first fulfillment to make. Excellent. Um, it's great to hear your, your focus on the product and hopefully uh, you're still able to deliver the product in September uh, of later this year. Um, has the coronavirus upset or you know displaced any of your supply chain at this point? Actually, China, as everyone knows already, coped this, pro- uh, this problem quite well in compared to the world. And as there are uh, the factories there from the the most that I know are doing quite well. Most of them work in, in almost full capacity already. And, and we don't expect uh, uh, issues with, with production and manufacturing. There are some problems uh, regarding shipping and regarding uh, fulfillment in general. Uh, this has a major change. Obviously, the, contain- the, the shipping around the world got into a specific uh, stage of in hold in some way, obviously no flights and, and you know, this is obvious. Um, other than that, we are happy to see that we don't see like a, a reduc- reduction, would that be the word? Like uh, we don't see uh, people, people are not afraid to buy. People, are, it's not affecting the campaign itself uh, and, and it's not affecting the Ways the customer uh, react in, at, at this stage, at least, and, and more than that, people are actually looking for it now because they, they are looking for, as I said, things that will keep them busy in the house, and this would be an exciting new way to, you know, exciting new activity in the house, and actually seeing more potential for it and more reason to buy it. Actually, so there are two ways for it, but this is in general. Oh, this is great. Well, Yusuf, this gets us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Uh, I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> so what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? 
Um, good question. Um, wanting to be free, I guess. And yeah, not I think really worth it. yeah. It's a very common answer on the show, you know, in terms of the freedom that it can afford you. Right, but there's a price for it. I'm, I'm, I'm aware now of some of yes. the prices. I, I'm not regretting any stage, but just saying, yeah, in general. Freedom is not free, right? Right. Yeah. Freedom is <laughs> not really free, you know. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Whoa. Great question. Um, Leonardo da Vinci? Da Vinci. Yeah, he's a great inventor as well. Great. What uh, What would be your first question for da Vinci? How are you so good at everything you do? Like sketching, drawing, building, manufacturing, everything he did was, was great. Everything. How did he manage to be in so many disciplines altogether and good at almost everything he did? What's your favorite invention? My favorite invention? Marble machines. There you go. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your favorite uh, you know, business book or life book that you'd recommend to our listeners? Business book. There's a very small, it's not even a book, it's a booklet. It's called The Deep. Discussing, not sure if you're aware of that. It's discussing that, that every, every company have a, a stage in which they are down and, and the difference between the people that are succeeding and not succeeding is the people that are coping and, and managing to go through the deep. That's how we called it. And, and I felt that I read that book right in the time I needed it because I was in the times that your head is down and working so hard and not seeing the end. This is the point where most of people are going back. And it helped me just go through that stage, I guess, to where I am now. It's called The Deep. Yeah, that's a great read by Seth Godin, for sure. Right, right yeah, correct. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Managing Makeway. I guess, and then expanding the possibilities. That's, that's an easy question. <laughs> nice. Last question in the launch round. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? It's a great question. Is, is it a long answer or a short answer? If, if However it's short, you want to answer. <laughs> okay, so I'll just say, from what I see on Kickstarter, it started in, in, in a one, in, in, in a people like me, uh, looking for a place to, you know, to find crowd for their inventions, makers and stuff like that. And and, and nowadays you see many, many uh, campaigns that are um, not in that mind, not, not in that set of mind. And, and I would wish that more makers will find a way to um, establish or, or to, to, approach with their ideas and and uh, I, I'm lucky to be in partner with a, a great company like trust which have a lot of resources but I'm I know that if I haven't been teamed up with them I'm not sure I could have uh, reached this kind of crowd because I didn't have the knowledge the resources and, and everything that needed to launch a, a successful campaign so I could only wish there would be enough crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter or others that will offer this kind of uh, support or this kind of, of uh, uh, goals to the makers without resources like me, like I started the way I started. Excellent. 
Well, Yasop, this has been amazing. Please, this is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check out MakeWay on Kickstarter. Okay. Um, MakeWay is live on Kickstarter for the next two weeks where you can support us there. After that, we're hoping to launch a, a maybe an additional uh, campaign in a different platform. It's still not finalized yet, but you know, Google for MakeWay and you can... Uh, you can uh, reach us there. We are available on Facebook, Instagram, all that. Make way you can find it easily. Excellent. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign, and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Type. Eliasop, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. You're welcome, and thank you for the opportunity to speak about it. Absolutely. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it, and of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.